Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is Chuck Smith. I'm here to bring you the post-game show following Bayern Munich's 1-1 draw with Manchester City in the Champions League at the Allianz Arena. Of course, that means Man City moves on in the Champions League via aggregate score of 4-1. Simply put, the effort from Bayern Munich was very good, but it just was not good enough. And we will get into why it wasn't good enough. But of course, we want to cover all of the pertinent details. I know a lot of people are not really happy right now, especially Bayern Munich fans who are a little bit irritated at how things have played out of late. And of course, we all can point back to the sacking of Julian Nagelsmann. And while there is no guarantee that Nagelsmann would have had success against Man City or that Nagelsmann would have moved on in the Pokal, what we can say about that move is that it did pretty much eliminate any chance Bayern Munich might have had because changing coaches at this time in the season, it just wasn't a good idea. It disrupted the team. As we could see, there was a trickle down effect of things that happened. And in the end, it didn't work. And even now, if you look at it, the Bundesliga is still in question. Now, I know that might be a long shot and Bayern has a lead there, but this team is reeling. We did see some very good things today. But at the same time, we saw a lot of holes. And there are some things that Thomas Tuchel's going to have to fix. And I think you can even question whether he even knows or understands this team at this point. But we have a lot of time to discuss all of that. So let's get down to breaking this thing down from the get-go, right? Let's look at the starting 11 that Thomas Tuchel picked out for this match and a lot of you are going to say, well, this is exactly where Thomas Tuchel started out wrong. And you you really might have a point there, but let's take a look uh, at goalkeeper. Tuchel picked Summer, which of course is a no-brainer. Summer has been very good despite what many of the pundits are saying. Uh, uh, I thought he was, again, pretty solid. And, you know, he has made some great saves during his time at Bayern Munich, I think he's getting a bit of a, a raw deal with some of the criticism he's taking. But regardless, he got the call and I thought he performed well. At center back, we saw Diopa Makano and Matthijs de Ligt. Uh, not a good day for Makano. Uh, he he will not want to be seeing Erling Haaland again anytime soon. Uh, the outside backs were Benjamin Pavar and Jao Cancelo. Now, this was a very interesting selection for Cancelo. Uh, one... You can point to him being a high-profile loanee against his old team. Maybe Tuchel is looking to capture some lightning in a the bottle there. Uh, but you also have to look at the after effect of that. Uh, it sent Alfonso Davies to the bench. Now, Davies, if you've heard any of my podcasts, I've been very critical of him this season because I don't think he's been very good. Uh, he has been very inconsistent. His positioning and awareness defensively have both been really subpar. He's lost possession a ton. He's not made great decisions in the attacking end. It just has not been a banner season for a million different reasons for Davies. So him getting benched wasn't really, wasn't all that shocking. But at the same time, you entered this match at a 3-0 deficit. You're going to be negotiating with Davies this summer. And as we know from reports that broke earlier this week, Man City and Real Madrid are both looking at Davies as a potential transfer for this summer. So even while his performance might have warranted a spot on the bench, I don't think Cancelo gave you anything that Davies couldn't have given you today. 
And I don't think it was a wise move from a planning standpoint to bench a player who you're going to have to go to the negotiating table with this summer for a loanee, a loanee that's probably not in the plans, a loanee that's probably going to cost you somewhere around 50 million euro for a transfer fee to play what left back, right back. It doesn't matter to me. I thought it was a silly move. Uh, I know Cancelo has his band of fans out there like the James Rodriguez fans that used to pepper our site anytime we criticized him. But uh, I don't think it was worth starting Cancelo. I think that really probably sent a bad message to Davies. And while, yeah, sure, he should take a benching as some sort of motivation and get his season turned around. One, it's a little bit late for that. But two, uh, I don't know. I, I If I was in his shoes, I wouldn't be thrilled. I'll be honest with you. Even if I haven't been performing at my best, I really thought Tuchel should have rolled with Davies, even though, like I said, I've been highly critical of him this season. Benjamin Pavar was on the other side, and uh, I thought Pavar did a pretty good job at trying to provoke City early on. I thought he was being physical, and he was really playing that agitator-type role, which he actually can do really well. And I didn't have really much of a problem with how Pavar or Matisse de Ligt played today. Uh, most of the defensive issues came, unfortunately, with Upa Makano, who really wasn't all that bad, but he just he had some very unlucky moments today. In the central midfield, we saw Joshua Kimmich and Leon Goretzka both play a pretty spirited game. Uh, I thought I actually thought they were both pretty good in the match. Uh, I didn't have too many big problems. Obviously, didn't have any problems with their selection. I know that Tuchel had been very critical of Goretzka, so I was a little surprised that Goretzka was in the starting 11. Um, but, I mean, it's not as if Tuchel has all of these options. I guess the one thing he could have done was drop Jamal Musiala back to play the eight, but he didn't do that. He rolled with the double pivot of Kimmich and Goretzka. And honestly, I thought they were okay. I thought they they did well. Uh, I thought they were part of the spirited effort that Byron had, and I didn't have too big of an issue with either of their efforts on the day. The starting attacking unit consisted of Eric Maxim, Chupo Moting at striker, Jamal Musiala at the 10, and Kingsley Coman and Leroy Sané uh, flanking the attack on the wings. Coman, I thought, was excellent. I thought he had a just tremendous match, was really disruptive, was really just giving Nathan Aki a, a, a not nightmare scenario every time he had the ball. It, it, Coman, I thought, was just really good. Musiala, I didn't think was all that impactful. He wasn't bad, but he he didn't do a ton uh, that I think really impacted the attack. Uh, Chupo, I would say the same thing. I didn't think he was great either. He was invisible for large stretches of the first half. Uh, didn't think he could really get into the match. Maybe it has something to do with how City was playing Bayern Munich strikers because we saw a very similar effort from Serge Gnabry in the first leg of this. Uh, in both matches, neither striker was really able to get on track, and, and it showed. Uh, Leroy Sané, I thought, had his moments, but he had a bad miss early in the game. Probably could have changed how the game was being played, could have changed some of the momentum. Uh, Sané, for as good as he has been over the over the years, does have a penchant for missing some shots that he should make. Overall, the finishing was horrific on the day for Bayern Munich, so it's not like Sané was alone in that. Uh, he had plenty of help from other players who were not good at finishing. So that wraps up the starting eleven. Of course, the big omission from that was Thomas Muller. Uh, you could argue that Davies was a big omission, but um, 
And obviously, like I said, I wouldn't have done that, but Mueller was one that I think stuck out to a lot of people. He's your veteran. He's been there. He's done that. He's performed well this season. Didn't think there was any reason to send him to the bench again. Uh, I don't know. It was bad judgment by Thomas Tuchel. I still say you could find a way to play Musiala and, and Mueller together, which of course Julian Nagelsmann discovered was the best functioning version of Bayern Munich, includes both of them in the starting eleven. Of course, if Tuchel wanted to play a 4-2-3-1, he would have had to push Musiala to wing, but I don't think that's such a bad thing. Uh, and of course, if he would have pushed him to Leroy Sané's wing, we actually might have seen uh, a Bayern winger score today. So uh, very questionable decision-making there with starting 11. I think it's legitimate right now to say that um, Diopa Makano was, was also a questionable call for this match because he did struggle. He's definitely going through something right now. Uh, I don't know what else you could have done. I mean, I suppose you could have started Cancelo at right back and pushed Pavar inside if you were that worried about it. I had some concern about Upamakano just because he hasn't been good. And, and let's face it, if you're going up against Erling Haaland, the guy is a monster and he can destroy your psyche so easily. And and I think he did that with Upamakano, uh, but we will get into that and, and what happened with Upamakano in just a bit. As for the rundown of the scoring, of course, it was just one goal, but uh, there was a lot of action, mostly with cards. So uh, we will start with that in the 11th minute where we saw Jao Cancelo get a yellow card for tripping. Uh, in the 35th minute, uh, we did see Dio Upamakano uh, get a yellow card for handball. Of course, that led to Erling Haaland missing a PK. It was a little bit of uh, good gamesmanship there from Leon Goretzka, who pointed out something on the grass just as Holland was setting up. Referee was able to move it. It seemed to throw off Holland just a little bit, so I will credit Goretzka for that. It was a very veteran and savvy move, and Holland probably was a little bit annoyed, and it might have played a role in him skying that PK over the crossbar. Very uncharacteristic from Holland, who is so deadly from just about anywhere. Uh, did not expect him to miss that, but Byron caught a break. Ugh. Unfortunately, I couldn't really take advantage of that. Uh, Ederson picked up a yellow card in the 44th minute for a delay. Uh, Ilkay Gunduan and Yashua Kimmich each were assessed yellow cards right before the half ended in, in extra time, the second minute of extra time before the half ended. So uh, quite an action-packed first half. Bayern Munich came out and just played with a tremendous amount of energy, a lot of life. I mean, this was as – they played with as much urgency as we had seen from them all season. I mean, they were fun to watch. They were electric. They were fast. They were creating chances. We saw some good crosses get in from Kingsley Kuman, who was just destroying everyone in his path. There was just no one there to finish. We did see some big misses there also in the first half. The Roy Sané missed one that he should have made. Kingsley Coman absolutely should have done better with one of his chances. Leon Goretzka airmailed one uh, from distance that he should have done better with as well. It was just one of those games where you could tell goals were going to be hard to come by and not because city was doing so much to stop Bayern Munich as much as Bayern was just having trouble shooting the ball. So zero, zero at halftime uh, early on the second half, uh, Nathan Aki got hit with a yellow card in 54th minute, but then there was a very tragic sequence in the 57th minute for Bayern Munich. Kingsley Coman had busted down, the right side weaved his way through traffic and sent a beautiful ball on the ground across the mouth of the goal. 
no one was there to put a foot on it, which if anyone was in the neighborhood and able to get there, it would have been an easy tap-in goal. Unfortunately for Byron, as the ball slid through, City cleared it, immediately went on the counterattack. Erling Haaland took a pass from Kevin De Bruyne, and it was a combination of Dio Upamakano slipping, Dio Upamakano being probably a little bit nervous, and Dio Upamakano making a bad decision on when to challenge or how to challenge, didn't break down enough, slipped, boom, went down. Holland went by him. Uh, this time, Holland's aerial shot did not go over the crossbar, but it did go over Jan Sommer, who I'm waiting to see if he his positioning gets criticized on this one. Uh, I didn't have a problem with it, but you know that seems to be what people are doing now is crushing Jan Sommer as if he's been the biggest problem with Bayern Munich over the last month. But either way, Holland put them up 1-0. You just knew Holland was going to get one. It's very hard to stop him. He's such a unique talent. I am still ruining the day that Bayern Munich could not convince him to join them instead of City. Of course, I probably wouldn't have went all out. I would have broken the entire salary structure. I would have done everything I could, but Bayern Munich did not see it that way. They did not want to wreck their own finances, which I guess you have to understand. But either way, Holland is is everyone else's problem now, including Bayern Munich's, as he has uh, pretty much asserted himself as the top striker in the world. And I would argue that with anyone. Uh, he was a big difference in today's match. In the 60th minute, Benjamin Pavar was assessed a yellow card for tripping. Then we started to see Thomas Tuchel go to the bench, but inexplicably did not go to Thomas Muller right off the bat. He did bring in Davies for Cancelo, which in my mind, he should have never started Cancelo. This guy's not super invested in Bayern Munich. He's super invested in showcasing himself. Didn't celebrate with the team after the Dortmund win, which was a big emotional match. It was the first match under Thomas Tuchel. It was a match that was really going to play a big role in determining the Bundesliga champion. That was a mortal sin in my eyes. Um, I think Cancelo should be relegated to the bench and seldomly used. Sorry, but that's the way I feel about that. Uh, Sadio Mane, another controversial figure, ironically came in for his fight partner, Leroy Sané. Um, it was more of the same for Mane. Wasn't overly effective. Uh, you know, did what he does. But, he, you know, listen, he only had 27 minutes to show his wares plus extra time. He was okay, uh, but not good enough, obviously. Uh, finally in the 66th minute, uh, Aki got some relief as I Merrick Laporte came in uh, for him. Uh, I'm still, listen, I know Aki might've suffered some kind of pull there, but I don't think it necessarily had much to do with that play. He was getting just absolutely destroyed by Coman. Most of the match kind of think he wanted to get out of the game early, but either way he had to leave. You could see visibly, uh, on the screen that, you know, we, he obviously had pulled something and extending his leg for a ball, but uh, he was probably not too sad to leave that match as Coman gave him hell for the entirety that he was in there. 71st minute, we saw a couple of more subs. Matisse Tell came in for Eric Maxim Chupo Moting. Uh, Tell did have a goal disallowed um, based on offside. Chupo Moting just wasn't overly effective. I didn't think he was great. I didn't think he was terrible. I just don't think he's good enough. And at Bayern Munich, you can't have a striker who's being described described as not good enough. Uh, that's the bottom line with that. I mean, he's a good backup, a great locker room guy. He's not good enough to be a starting striker, especially not at, at this stage of his career when he is uh, nearing probably 
the end of his really being effective days here. Uh, we also did see Thomas Muller come on for Jamal Musiala. And I'm very eager to see if any of you noticed this. When Musiala was pulled out, his shoulder slumped, didn't really acknowledge Tuchel, didn't really acknowledge the assistant coach that went to greet him when he came off. Definitely looked annoyed. Definitely did not appear that he was happy to be taken off at that time. I don't think Musiala was all that great. I think, he, listen, he's been struggling since the World Cup. He's battling himself. He's battling his confidence. He's having some issues. It doesn't take away from his talent. It doesn't mean he's not going to come back next season and just crush everyone that gets in his way. But he's struggling right now. And part of it, I think, has to do with, like I said, his confidence. But I think he really did settle in and start to turn his game around when he was playing together with Thomas Muller in that modified 3-4-2-1 that Julian Nagelsmann was using. As soon as Bayern Munich got away from that, Musiala's struggles started to kick back in again. Uh, I've been trying to advocate for him playing some wing just to put him in spots where he doesn't have to worry about battling all of the stronger players in the middle and that he can get out on a wing and just try and beat people 1v1 and start to just get that confidence back. But he hasn't looked the same. It doesn't mean he won't get it back or he can't get it back. It's just not good right now, which, again, leads me to think that Thomas Tuchel did not push all of the right buttons heading into this match. Uh, 77th minute, we saw Josip Stanisic come in for Benjamin Pavar. I thought Pavar was good. Stanisic came in, gave a little bit of energy, really didn't play long enough to to really say much about him, much like Sané. He was, he was okay. I mean, I didn't have a big problem with how he played. We did see in the 83rd minute, Bayern Munich get awarded the um, penalty for a handball. Joshua Kimmich sent a hard shot down the middle, which Ederson could not get to. Uh, he just guessed wrong. And Kimmich did not the match. So it was good just to see Bayern Munich get on the scoreboard. I mean, being shut out in two straight games would have been a little bit embarrassing. 84th minute, Thomas Tuchel picked up his second yellow card, or, or actually picked up his first yellow card. Uh which I kind of gave away what happens soon. Uh, we did see Julian Alvarez come on for Erling Holland in the 84th minute. Laporte picked up a holding call for a yellow card in the 86th minute. And Tuchel picked up his second yellow card and was sent off, which was kind of funny uh, in some ways because he didn't even want to hang around to see the rest of this mess. Uh, Stanisic picked up a yellow card in the 88th minute. And as he did that, Man City made a sub. Kyle Walker came on for Kevin De Bruyne. That's how the match ended 1-1. Of course, Man City moved on in aggregate. I uh, gave you a lot of thoughts on what I thought, what I saw on the match there. But there were a couple of other things I wanted to hit on. Uh, Erling Haaland, as I've campaigned for for a couple of years now, was the ideal signing for Bayern Munich if they were going to let Robert Lewandowski go. Unfortunately, Byron got caught up in this mess of not knowing if Lewandowski was really going to pull the trigger on pushing his way out the door and didn't do enough to get Erling Haaland. And it was tough competing against City. Byron, by all accounts, was one of those final two teams. Haaland met with Brazo, just could not get it done because of what City was offering. I would really have loved to see Byron break the bank and go after Haaland. I, I do understand why they didn't, but either way, he just ruined Dio Upamakano over the course of this tie. Upamakano really, really struggled again. And it, it wasn't just, you know, the handball call. 
I mean, sure. Listen, that was difficult. He had his hands behind his back. His I believe it was his left arm straight away got hit. And that led to Holland's penalty attempt, which of course he missed, but Upamakano, he was having a rough one even before that. He was going to be red carded, but Holland was really, I mean, marginally offside. Holland beat him. Upamakano took him out from behind. And that was going to be the end of Upamakano's day. But uh, no matter what, how many centimeters it was, it wasn't many. Holland was just off enough to, to keep Upamakano in the match. But I think at that point, he was already mentally shaken. Then we had the yellow card there, uh, which played a role. And then with him not being confident and facing a monster like Holland, it was a recipe for disaster. Holland looked like he was really targeting him and trying to attack him, especially on what ended up being the goal scoring play. Uh, Holland did cut over to his left. He drifted over, took the pass from De Bruyne and, once he started to make a move at Upa Makano, you could see the lack of confidence in Upa Makano's movement. And sure, he did slip a bit. This wasn't like it was an all out. He got dusted, but he could have done a lot better regardless of whether he slipped or not. Uh, it just was not a good game from Upa Makano. And it's a shame because he's now had a string of iffy performances after having such a good season. And I think that, you know, if you're a Bayern Munich fan, it's not something you can really look past right now. Uh, sure, he has a he put together a portfolio of great work, and there's nothing wrong with that. But he has not been good lately, and it remains to be seen if he's going through an extended slump, or if there's something wrong with him, or maybe he's just lost so much confidence he's having trouble getting going. I don't know what it is at this point, but Erling Haaland did a number on him, uh, basically took him to school for two games. It's going to be tough for Upamakano on social media. Don't attack the guy. Don't be an idiot. We have seen so many people go after these athletes for absolutely no reason. Everybody has a bad day. Everybody has a tough day at work. Upamakano was just one of those people that did that today on a pretty big stage in front of millions of people. Uh, but either way, I think he needs to get his head straight. And if I was Thomas Tuchel, I would not start Upamakano this weekend not because I'm mad at him, but I think he needs some downtime. Much like Jamal Musiala might need some extended downtime. Much like Sadio Mane needs some extended downtime. Just because he's kind of fighting teammates and stuff. But Jao Cancelo could also use that downtime because he's been a jerk in my mind by not celebrating with his teammates. And I will carry on with that theme, honestly, for the rest of the season because I can't believe he's getting starts in big matches after pulling that. All right, I'll tone that down. <laughs> Anyway, let's look at some of the positives. So as I mentioned early on, Bayern Munich really did. They came out and they played with urgency. There was great energy. There was a fire there that we have not seen consistently throughout this season. So that was very encouraging that, that this roster can dig deep and play like it means something. And that's encouraging. And I know that sounds weak, but it is encouraging because we hadn't always seen that this season. And this was a big spot. It was a tough spot that were, I'm sure that they knew they had very slim chances at actually winning this tie, but they came out and they fought anyway. And that says a lot about the character of the team. Kingsley Coman was a big part of that. He's, he was electric. I mean, this was in my mind, and I know his stats probably aren't going to look the best, but if you just watched him with the eye test today, he was fantastic completely disrupted, was breaking down the city defense, was a handful for everyone that got in front of him. 
I thought it was a really terrific effort from him. I had no complaints with his game and it wasn't perfect. He did make some mistakes, but I got to be honest, I will take that kind of effort from Kingsley Coman any day. I know there's going to be some turnover on this roster. I know some of that turnover is going to be at the wing position. Serge Gnabry and Sadio Mane were two players that were referenced as potential sales for the summer. But if I'm Bayern Munich, I'm not even thinking twice about Coman. He's a starter for me, whether that's as a wing or as a wing back. He's proven it to me, and he's proven it for a couple of years now, and Listen, when he first got to Bayern Munich, he was, wasn't was a project per se, but he was not a refined player. And he had a lot of issues. Uh, he was sloppy with the ball. He'd make terrible decisions in the box. Shot when he should have crossed, crossed when he should have shot. Either way, it was a very rough start for him in a lot of ways. But the pressure wasn't really on him because at that point, you had Arjen Robin, you had Frank Ribery. You had great players that were really in the spotlight. Coman was just a guy who was coming in, trying to take advantage of the minutes he had. And I'm sure it was a little bit tough for him. But each year he's gotten better. Each year he's matured. Each year his game has gotten more refined. And I think he's at a point right now where it's, for me, very difficult to take him out of the lineup. And I know he's not consistently great all the time, but he's much more consistent than Leroy Sané and Serge Gnabry have been over the course of their Bayern Munich careers and he's definitely better than Sadio Mane is now. So Coman uh, has done a lot for himself. I think he was really good today. And I'm hoping that he can continue to build on this and get to a point where he's convincing Bayern Munich's managers, whoever that may be, because they seem to change them so much, uh, at least start with Thomas Tuchel and maybe convince Tuchel that he needs to be in there every game that he's healthy, which, of course, is key. And finally, I'll end on this note. This all does come back to Bayern Munich's board. Came back to their decision to fire Julian Nagelsmann. Now, we don't know if Bayern Munich would have won this tie against Man City under Nagelsmann. Maybe they wouldn't have. In fact, they probably wouldn't have. This Man City team is very good. But to change coaches when they did, it was disruptive. It was silly. And it had lasting effects on this roster. And Tuchel right now is grasping at straws, but he's doing so in a way that none of this matters for him. He can experiment and poke and prod at this roster and, and try and figure things out at a slower pace, but that doesn't help the fans. The fans were invested for a treble this season. When Nagelsmann got fired, Bayern Munich was alive in the Pokal. Bayern Munich was heading into a showdown for first place in the Bundesliga, and Bayern Munich was alive and well in the Champions League. I mean, I felt like under Nagelsmann, they had a chance. The minute they fired him, it didn't matter if they brought in prime Jupp Heynckes. They were going to be at a disadvantage. Uh, Tuchel, while being someone that can rally a team and motivate them, it was too soon. It was not enough time. And there was such... There was so much going on with the roster and so much uncertainty and and, and nowhere near a, a lockdown starting 11 that it's not like he came into a ready-made situation that was going to lead to success. He was going to have to work at it. He was going to have to figure things out and push the right buttons. And he has not done so as of yet. And in my mind, the board should take the blame for it. And while I was giving Tuchel the benefit of the doubt for entering this, this really this minefield of things that could go wrong, 
he's not making good decisions as a coach. He's not coaching the games well. Now, I don't know what happens in training. Seems like the, he's popular with the players and that they like the training sessions by all accounts, but he's not been good in the games. And aside of that initial win against Borussia Dortmund, he's come up small in several big matches. I mean, I was joking around and calling him the Slim Reaper, but he is pretty much murdering this season right now. And there's no sure thing right now about the Bundesliga. Bayern Munich is reeling. And of course, they are in the lead. But this is exactly the kind of team that can get caught if they slip. And I'm worried right now that Tuchel doesn't have a good enough grasp on this roster and on this team to push them over the finish line in the Bundesliga. And if that happens, that will make him 0 for 3 in a situation where he was hired to give the team a better chance to go 3 for 3 in these competitions. To go to take an over would be disastrous. Getting one at this point is not good, but taking none of them, that would make the decision even more clownish. Is that a word? I don't know, but I'm going to use it. So we'll say clownish. Uh, that's really all I got. Uh, I'm disappointed, even though it was a good effort. I'm disappointed that we're at this stage, that this is how we feel right now and how we're talking about this team, a team that had so much promise a team that looked like it was going to compete for a treble. Now they're just grasping on to their lead in the Bundesliga and they're holding on for dear life. If you want to hit me up, you can get me on Twitter at the barrel blog. You can get our tweet Meister, Tom Adams at Tommy Adams 71. You can get, I need no name at BFW You can get the site at Bavarian FB works. Check out all of our post-game coverage on BavarianFootballWorks.com. We will of course have this podcast, all of our post-game pieces, We'll have reactions. We'll have everything. So hit us up. Get all of our talented and writer, writers and podcasters there. They do a great job, and I can guarantee you they will have a lot to say about this match. Man, wow. Bayern Munich is out of the Champions League once again. That's all I got for this time. And uh, you can catch me on the weekend warm-up. I'll be recording that on Thursday. So hit me up there. I'll have a lot more to say about what else is going on with Bayern Munich. But until then, we'll see you next time.